It approaches Big News Wednesday. And I think you know what that means, the return of Sharon Reed. Sharon, welcome to the show, glad to have you here. Honored to be here as always, thank you. I'm glad to have you here. It's great having you as a recurring part of the show on Big News Wednesday, <laughs> being you know an increasingly big part of our team. Um, so thank you, and uh, to the rest of the team who were behind the scenes scrambling to get everything tech-wise working. Uh, we have a very complex system with a thousand different parts, and I don't think anyone fundamentally understands all of them. There's some, there's a spiritual aspect to what goes on in that control room, but uh, they were able to fix all the problems, and we're proceeding without anyone even needing to know. But I decided to let you know because they're great at what they do and they deserve credit. So anyway, with that said, we do have a lot to talk about. This is a true big news Wednesday with a lot to discuss both here in the first hour and also in the aftermath. So if you're listening on the podcast, there's more clips that come out every day. Did you know that? Include weekdays, weekends, go to youtube.com slash the damage report and you can watch the videos on demand there. But a lot to talk about, including some threats to Donald Trump's assets. Um, and uh, look, as bad as his financial situation looks, potentially worse for Rudy Giuliani. We're gonna have a little update on that. Uh, also, an update on the VP list, the short list for Donald Trump's potential VP, with one in particular getting a shout out. Good day for this individual. We'll break that down. And then Carrie Lake did a radio interview and received some tough questions about her claims about elections being stolen. And I love the questioning there. We're gonna be playing some of that interview for you. And so definitely stick around for that. If you're on a platform where you can hit the like button, if the like button is a thing that's near you, just reach out and hit it wherever it is. That'll make it go away, don't worry. And with all that said, Sharon, you ready to talk about some news? Yeah, I am. I put my glasses on and everything in case I need to quickly back check. Okay, no, mine are cloudy. Okay, so we're gonna go forward with blurred vision, but with harsh focus on the news. Let's jump into this. New York Attorney General Letitia James says that if Donald Trump does not pay up the over $350 million he's been fined in New York civil fraud lawsuit, she's gonna get that money one way or another. And that means she's coming for his building, saying, if he does not have funds to pay off the judgment, then we will seek judgment enforcement mechanisms in court. And we will ask the judge to seize his assets. And that is sort of vague assets. It could be a car, it could be a way too long red tie. But no, she gets more specific. She says, we are prepared to make sure that the judgment is paid is, is paid to New Yorkers. And yes, I look at 40 Wall Street each and every day referencing the Trump building. Well, sorry, today it's the Trump building. Tomorrow, stay tuned to find out. Next week, maybe not if he doesn't pay up. And by the way, I watched the interview with ABC News that she did. She is so calm while she's saying that she's gonna potentially seize his buildings. It's like it's the most casual everyday thing. And it represents like potentially a fatal blow to Donald Trump. He doesn't wanna lose his cash, but some of these iconic buildings, that is literally who he is. Who is he if he cannot see his name on top of gaudy buildings reflected back at him? Perhaps no one. Um, but I want to be clear about that money because it's more than it might at first have seemed. And uh, it seems like every day there's a new report on how the 350 odd million dollars is going to go up. Uh, turns out it is going up. In fact, it's already out of date. It's going up every single day. According to Forbes, 
the interest on that, which is already ticking, amounts to about $87,000 every single day until he pays up on that. And mere days after the ruling, Trump already owed $453 million once a 9% post-judgment interest rate ordered by Engron was factored in. So some of this is gonna depend on how fast he transfers the funds over. But bear in mind that prior penalties are having this interest applied to them. And those go as far back as March of 2019, multiple penalties over the intervening years. And so it's already more. If he goes the bond route, it'll be more. If he takes long to pay it off, it'll be more. And that's just the interest. Um, there's certain cutoff points where significant chunks, tens of millions of dollars will be added if he doesn't pay it off at that point. So I'm just waiting to see how he doesn't wanna pay. He wants to wait. The longer he waits, the more he has to pay. He's really once again between a rock and a hard place of his own making. Sharon, what do you think about this? Um, well, first, I. Couldn't agree with you more about the interview with the Attorney General. I felt like Viola Davis or someone trained her, not saying that <laughs> she needed it, but her voice was so soothing. Even when she gave that little presser and said, you know, art of the deal, no, art of the steal. Like the way she <laughs> delivered the lines to camera was fantastic. But the money, you know, I don't see why he can't call his son in law. Doesn't Jared have access to Saudi money and hedge fund money and you know, okay, so he's not a billionaire and he doesn't have that much cash flow. He can't call people like Jeff Bezos because he's burned that bridge in the past. Um, so I, I think that it would be lovely to see a building or two seized. I mm -hmm. really do. And then see who would buy it and replace, you know, the Trump name on the marquee with something, you know, a lot more appealing to New Yorkers. The money is king. And now that he's running out of it, one more yeah. thing, um, it's too bad he's not raising it on, what is it, GoFundMe? Because then mm -hmm. someone could make a complaint now and they could get him wiped off of there. Because if you're already you know, found guilty of fraud, you can't be on the platform raising money, but he's doing it his own way. Yeah, there. That look, that's actually a sore spot right now because he's not directly raising money. So other people are raising money for him on that. And seemingly that's allowed to go forward, even though a lot of people are saying it was fairly clear in their terms of service that he should not be able to. But the thing is, if they raise a lot of money, GoFundMe gets a portion of it. So are they necessarily unbiased in this? I don't know. Um, but by the way, before we move on to uh, Donald Trump's reaction to this, I do want to let you know that his money situation is even worse than what I've already indicated in terms of the election. And that is that there's been some trouble with fundraising on the presidential side, in particular, uh, in comparison to how much money is having to be dished out due to his legal troubles. So uh, just uh, yesterday, Trump's Save America PAC reported raising just $8,500 in January. They spent almost $4 million, 8,500, that's like one Koch Brothers donation. That's what they got in the whole month. They spent 4 million, nearly all of it, about 3 million was spent in paying for his lawyers. So they did not raise as much as they were dishing out for the legal troubles. At the same time, the Trump campaign itself, that was a pack. This is his campaign. Reported a net loss of more than $2.6 million for the month of January. It raised about $8.8 .8 million, so significantly more than the pack did. But they spent about $11.5 million. For comparison, his $8.8 .8 million, Donald Trump, God Emperor of the MAGA movement, Nikki Haley raised $11.5 million in the same period, like 30% more. I'm not a mathematician, but 
she raised more. Now, that doesn't mean that there's no money for him to campaign with. The main super PAC behind his bid, MAGA Inc., had $19.7 million in the bank. So that's something. Again, for context, though, Joe Biden's reelection campaign said that as of the end of January, it had $130 million in the bank. So this is not strictly speaking apples to apples comparison, but it is looking like Biden is having more success with the fundraising. Biden notably does not have about 100 indictments against him in multiple court cases at the federal and state level. So he's a little bit freed up to use his money for what it's supposed to be used for, which is campaigning. Whereas Donald Trump is having to dish it out to lawyers. Again, not, not his money in these cases. This is donor money that's being sent into that, but there is an opportunity cost to that. So any, any quick thoughts about the money situation? Well, yeah, and you know, Biden doesn't even have to defend uh, the Biden crime family these days because uh, much of that's been debunked, if not all of it. I think that lawyers cost, and even when you're Donald Trump and you threaten everybody and you try to scare away donors and everything else, um, there comes a point where you're vulnerable. And mm -hmm. money talks, and he seems to be vulnerable here. You can't keep paying out lawyers like this. And I don't know what's up with the $8,500. I cleaned out a storage unit and made about that much. Okay, now granted, <laughs> it was about 30 years worth, but you can raise that by just looking around your home and selling things on Craigslist. So, yeah. this is, I think that's a huge red flag. Yeah, I mean, you can make, raise more money than that just selling crappy gold sneakers. You could yeah. raise quite a okay. bit more. Um, OnlyFans, that could go on and on. I'm so, here's the thing if Donald Trump started in OnlyFans, first of oh all, no shame Sorry. to anyone making their living off OnlyFans, sex work is work. Um, but if Donald Trump did it, he would make a lot of money. We we live in a country with a lot of people who have a lot of interests. I'm not saying anything. I'm just That's saying Donald Trump it. Trump is not to my taste, but he is to, this is to the taste of a lot of people, including people like Melania, who was genuinely attracted to him. That's an actual thing. She was really attracted to him, the person that he was. Nothing contextual about his business empire, his money. She loved him for him. Anyway, with that said, why don't we turn to Donald Trump being asked about this massive judgment. This was at a town hall with Lauren Graham. Sorry, not a town hall. It was a campaign event masquerading as a town hall. There was no tough questions, not from her, not from anyone in attendance. Let's be clear about that. But here she is asking about the judgment. How would you put up that kind of money because you have a bond to put up? Even if, if you appeal, you got to put up escrow money. That's uh, it's a lot it of, a lot of a dough. Form of Navalny, it is a form of uh, communism or fascism. Uh, the guy's a nut job. I've known this for a long time and I've said it openly. Uh, no jury, no anything. Uh, Letitia James's horrible attorney general in New York campaigned on I will get Trump, I will get Trump. We went through a trial. It turned out we're totally innocent on everything. And he fined me $355 million plus interest on other things. 355. Cool. So there's a lot there to dig into. First of all, on Letitia James, she's she's an awful attorney general. She campaigned on I'll get Trump. Well, it looks like someone finally made good on their campaign promises because she got you, dude. Okay, you campaigned on build the wall. Where's the wall, Donnie? No wall. 
She got Trump though. So I think Letitia James won Donald Trump zero. But of course, the money quote there is, it's a form of Navalny. I heard that word somewhere. I don't know what it's about and I don't care, but it gets me off the hook, right? The idea being there that Donald Trump having committed documented fraud, we've already gone through the individual examples of it. We're not having a debate about whether it was fraud, it was fraud. It was cartoonish fraud, it was Looney Tunesian fraud. That he has to pay for that is a form of Navalny. He's like Alexei Navalny, the Russian opposition figure who has been poisoned, imprisoned, and eventually murdered by, sorry, I don't remember who did it because I've only been paying attention to Donald Trump recently. And he refuses to say, he's got nothing to say about the dude or the regime who killed Alexei Navalny. He'll only invoke half of the guy's name in defense of himself. It is so utterly disgusting and I just hope, not for my sake, but for her sake, that the widow Navalny never has to see this because I can't imagine more insult to injury than Donald Trump using the horrific, tragic death of your heroic husband to defend himself for his own willful financial crimes. Sharon, what do you think? I think that the universe has a great balancing act, okay? And this somehow will be righted. I couldn't agree with you more. It is absolutely stomach turning, it is gross. Every time he actually pronounces one word correctly, okay, Navalny, for somehow he can get that right. And he doesn't even have, um, he shouldn't even have the right to utter that name, okay? He was assassinated and Donald Trump's friend did the bidding. So, but that just goes to show you there's no level that he won't stoop to. There is no bottom. So we need to stop looking for it. 100%. Here is the sum total of his commentary about the death, other than now using it to defend himself. Somehow he's going to figure it like, you can't get me for sexual abuse because Navalny. Here's what he had uh, truthed. The sudden death of Alexei Navalny has made me more and more aware of what is happening in our country. It's a slow, steady, blah, 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 nothing having to do with Alexei Navalny, his death, Russia. The dude who killed him, how he died, what he stood for, the state of Russian opposition afterward. You could literally put in any other topical piece of news, literally anything you want. I don't know. The results from the Oscars have made me more and more aware of what is happening in our country. Something, something, peekaboo James. It has nothing to do with what he's saying. And the worst thing about that, maybe we can have a debate. To me, was not Donald Trump saying it's a a form of Navalny. It's that he said it and that crowd cheered. They thought that was a good point. And if it's not immediately clear why that is not only horrific, but also ridiculous. I want you to consider the mental gymnastics necessary to end up in the position where they're at banging their hands together for that comment. They believe that it is utterly unacceptable to do to Donald Trump what was done to Navalny, but also let's not talk about what happened to Navalny or who did it. We don't care, we're not interested in Putin's a good guy. Honestly, I mean, all leaders kill people, is it really that bad? But then in your analogy, is it bad or is it not bad? Because it's simultaneously awful and also perfectly fine, not even worthy of discussion. They're not demanding that Donald Trump talk about Navalny or acknowledge that Vladimir Putin killed him or any of that stuff. 
They're perfectly happy with Vladimir Putin and his regime. They just think, oh yeah, that's a thing that happened. How can we turn this world tragedy to being about Donald Trump being awesome? It is such a weird political movement, Sharon. Yeah, and when you have people who are just MAGA, MAGA, Trump, Trump for life, get it tatted on their bodies, so to speak, they they just won't move away from him. You're right, that's where our focus should be, that's the real problem. I don't know how you run against someone who has no conscience. I don't know how you support someone like this. Even the reality kid on Vanderpump Rules who uttered nonsense saying that he was getting scrutiny like the George Floyd case. And I think he mentioned OJ, at least he apologized the next day. Donald yeah. Trump is actually uttering the word more and more, Navalny, 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 because he's getting attention. He makes no distinction about what kind, and you're right, since he lives in that bubble where people just cheer on every boneheaded thing he says, why Why would he stop? 100%. I mean, I can't attest to the Vanderpump Rules thing, I don't know about that. But, that uh, but yeah, ass. other people, almost anyone in America can apologize except for Donald Trump at the end of the day. And just as I occasionally do, little heads up to the world, just as he throughout his life has refused to apologize to anything he's done, I refuse in advance to apologize for the things I say and do the day that he finally leaves us. It's gonna be a day of celebration, that's all I'm saying. And also you can't hold it against me because I am going to be wasted when it happens. Oh, I was gonna say you should that's probably a- abstain from the alcohol because just the celebrating is enough. Throw in the alcohol and who knows we'll what see. could happen. That's just we'll gonna see. be a heck of a day. Anyway, everyone wait a year or two for that. Okay, so I do wanna turn to a little bit more from the town hall about what should be done in response to this judgment starting with this video. He ruled that a house in Florida called Mar-a-Lago is worth $18 million when it's worth from 50 to 100 times that. Would you give up one of your properties to, well, to settle this? Up, look, we have, you know, I wrote this up because it was so, it was so great. I just looked at it, people call up, all of your friends, the lawyers call up, they say, it's the most egregious punishment anybody's ever seen. Tim Scott knows that, he sees it. The Eighth Amendment, excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishment inflicted. That's the Eighth Amendment. Oh, he finally read a little bit of the Constitution. Did you read anything in the Constitution about how you're not supposed to overthrow the American government or anything like that? I think there's probably something in there. Um, but anyway, this guy's really worried about the cruel and unusual punishment against him because after committing horrendous financial crimes, he now has to pay a large sum of money. He apparently believes that when you are a billionaire, you should be fined ten to $20,000. Effectively, you should be above the law. And all those people in that audience that consider themselves to be opposed to elitism and all that cheered for the idea that the rich should just get away with financial crimes that they would probably be behind bars after having committed. So that was obviously ridiculous. But he talks about how New York needs to be shut down. The trekkers, the trekkers are behind me. No, they're not. That fell apart so fast. That idea that the truckers were gonna pull a Canada or a border thing and sweep in to make him look like a victim. Truckers have been responding to reporters saying they're not a part of any kind of movement about that. There was this one guy who has a notable following on TikTok, Samurai Black, who says, this trucker strike, nobody's talked to me about it. And I know a lot of other guys on other platforms um, like, yeah, no, we never talked about it either. So one, it's not happening. There's no strike against New York, not over the Trump case. But more and more people are refusing to go because of other issues. He lists a ton of issues with either fees or the difficulty in having really long trucks be able to navigate the streets. You know, trucker stuff. 
he's weirdly interested in stuff having to do with truckers rather than people who are struggling to get by, who Donald Trump has never spent a second advocating for the interests of, that instead they should be focused on a rich guy having a small part of his net worth being fined as a result of his criminal acts. And I will remind you, by the way, that even the trucker that started this thing, Chicago Ray says, I'm no figurehead of any movement. I'm not leading, nor have I encouraged, or am I encouraging anyone to do anything other than what they were doing prior to the ruling on Friday in New York City. So what bothers me about that isn't just the weird way that they've co-opted like truckers as real Americans that they don't advocate for, but expect the support of. But Laura Ingram should know that there's no movement. She doesn't push back on that. And in the beginning of that clip, when Donald Trump says that awful guy says Mar-a-Lago is only worth 18 million rather than 50 to 100 times, she knows that it's not. First of all, Arthur Engron didn't assess the value of Mar-a-Lago. It was a local assessor doing what assessors do. They establish the value of it. She knows it's not worth 100 times. She sat there as he committed casual fraud about the value of an asset and did nothing. Because of course, if she had fact checked him, she would have been booed out of the building. Sharon, I know I threw a few things out there, but what do you think about it? Well, there's so much to choose from. Number one, I'm I'm really ticked off because I bought a CB radio thinking that I'd hear all the Trump chatter from the truckers. And now you're saying, you know, there is no, no chatter there. This is a guy who is so persecuted. Yet remember when he called for shoplifters to be shot on site? Okay, yeah. remember that whole thing. Um, the inflation of his assets is Michael Cohen. And by the way, Judge and Gorin said Michael Cohen told the truth. We all we all know that the guy who was hit for uh, perjury and whatever else. Um, so Donald Trump, you can't really. I'm not defending Laura Ingram, but Ingraham is it Ingram or Ingraham? Uh, Ingr- I say Ingram, but I, I also at the end of the day don't really care. But. Right, they don't really care. But I just. How do you fact check someone like that? What you do is you probably just don't even sit down with him unless you know you're doing it for the Comedy Central or something. John Stewart's Monday night appearances so you can pick it apart. What do you really do here? Why would you bother to put on this? Oh, That's right, it's about the show. That was just a show. So there's no need to fact check. You have a friendly audience. You have a Fox host masquerading as a journalist. So. This was just all choreographed. I wonder who directed it. Yeah, I just don't like, it's not like, I I think you might be being too generous by saying that Mm. she is masquerading as a journalist. She's not even pretending. There is no effort to like provide a cover that I care about ethics or anything like that. It is literally, she is a journalist in the Mm -hmm. same way that if I take my daughter who's six months old and put her in a fox costume, she's now a fox. Yeah, no. no, you're wearing the clothes. Right. I guess you have fancy clothes. You're in a fancy studio. Aside right. from that, there is no vestige of journalism there. Yeah. He's lying to her face, and she is playing her part because mm-hmm. all of this is it's just just a play. This is theater. It's not real. They're not dealing in facts. It's utterly ridiculous. She was nodding. She was looking serious. You yeah. know the cutaway. She had the cutaway down. Uh. And she quickly cut away, by the way, when he brought up the election being stolen. She immediately turned from that because they're yes. not looking to be sued for another $750 million or whatever. That part. Anyway, with that said, we do need to go to the first break of the hour. When we come back, we're gonna turn to a little bit more from that town hall having to do with the VP search after this.
Okay, everybody, let's jump back into some fun starting with this. The audience has been asked who they think would be a good choice and various names came up. Um, uh, one of them was, of course, Vivek Ramaswamy. He's made a big splash. Ron DeSantis, who's made, making an appearance today in South Carolina, we just found out. Um, obviously, Tim Scott, Byron Donalds, and a, a big uh, presence here for Tulsi Gabbard. Um, very interesting. Um, are, and Christy Nome as well, I should say. Right. Are, are, are they all on your short list? And when can you, when can we expect that you will so announce your choice? The one thing that always surprises me is that the VP choice has absolutely no impact. I love the nag against his people. Look, so uh, this, this is the short list. Trump like, yes, yes, it is. Doesn't matter. Nobody cares about any of those chuckleheads. Jesus, man. Why would you want to be this guy's VP? First of all, you know that in reality, you don't have much power. No VP other than Dick Cheney has, and I don't think that we should go down that road again. Second of all, there's at least a 50-50 chance that he's gonna send a mob to murder you someday. And along the way, he's gonna mock you to your face over and over, shredding your reputation and possibly your sense of self, your ego or whatever. Um, why would anyone want this position? But a lot of people do. She listed a ton of names there. Thank you, producer Mike, for putting that in. That was actually very helpful. Uh, Ramaswamy, Tim Scott, Ron DeSantis, Byron Donalds, Christy Nome, Tulsi Gabbard. First of all, how is that a short list? That's so many people. Second of all, why is Tulsi Gabbard on that list? I mean, she's a hardcore leftist. She's a strong, committed progressive. Why would the MAGA world love her so much? Anyway, um, that name is a murderer's row of conspiracy theorists and failed presidential candidates and sometimes both at the same time. But while he acknowledged all of those names before throwing them all under the bus, he only really wanted to shout out one. Take a look at this. I have to say, I don't, this is in a very positive way, Tim Scott. He has been much better for me than he was for himself. I watched his campaign <laughs> and he doesn't like talking about himself, but boy, does he talk about Trump. Do any of these people have any respect for themselves? These are grown ass men and women. He has no respect for you. Tim Scott's like, yeah, yeah. He just insulted you in your presidential campaign. Tim Scott was like, I'm gonna be president. I'm gonna parlay my position as a senator, my actual Christian faith that I have. I don't agree with the way he applies it to politics, but he seems to actually believe in God, unlike Donald Trump. And he's like, yeah, he's better for me than his own campaign, which was a real turd, let me tell you. He's slapping you across the face and you're smiling for more. So anyway, I have other thoughts. Sharon, I want your thoughts about that list. What do I'm you think itchy. of it? I'm itchy, it's just like, I can't, it's like I have fleas or something watching that. How emasculating, <laughs> it's just so gross to see Tim Scott just grinning, and doing the fake mouth open, <laughs> I'm so happy. I don't know how this is gonna affect him at home. I don't know any self-respecting fiance who would stay with that. I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to go to his personal life, but there I go again. I don't understand how someone who became a US Senator, who overcame so much from the deep south, okay? I like his mother, remember when he made his presidential announcement? I said the mother was the best thing about it. How can he continue to hold his head up and just walk throughout America's streets when he's touting this guy and this guy is mocking him?
Yeah, I, every single one of them, and not just the people in that short list. Everyone who is still a notable Republican has made the calculation that he is going to, for years, just kick me in the nuts over and over and over again. But afterward, clutching what remains of my crotch, I can become, insert a thing, a Fox News host, a senator, president, whatever. They all think that. Ted Cruz thinks that. and. Marco Rubio thinks that, and Lindsey Graham thinks that, Tim Scott thinks they all do. He's gonna abuse me and abuse me and abuse me. But at the end of the day, it'll be worth it, right? Is it worth it? And by the way, to those who he abused by not being on the list, I just want to point out, how do you like that, Carrie Lake? How do you how do you like mm-hmm. that short list, Marjorie Green? You notice that you're not on it. And I'm not even saying he didn't mention you. Laura Ingram didn't even think that you were worth mentioning. You having a good day? Anyway, with that said, um, I don't want to talk anymore about those who aren't on the list. I want to focus on one who was. Donald Trump confirmed his short list for VPs. And weirdly enough, Ron DeSantis was still on the list, despite all of this that we're going to show you and more. DeSantis has a short memory. He closed his beaches, he closed the roads, he closed, he closed everything. Then he went for the vaccinations. You remember these vaccination booths all over the place? And I call him the, somebody that cannot be trusted. It's very, very sad, actually. He'll stab you in the back just like he stabbed MAGA in the back. The sanctimonious voted to gut Social Security. Think of it. Social Security three times voted. Hands up, voted. Ron DeSanctimonious was walking off the stage. And his feet, it's weird. Because his cowboy boots, so they have a high heel outside, but inside you got a big deal going on. And he's walking like. Yeah, I just want to quickly remind everyone that if you see full shots of Donald Trump standing, he clearly has heels on his shoes as well. He leans forward constantly. People describe it as like the front half of a centaur. And sure, some of that might be weird posture, but he also exaggerates his height. It's total projection. But that was just some of the many vicious insults against Ron DeSantis. And yet, maybe he brings that guy who's a liar, a traitor to the MAGA world, a betrayer, not worthy of trust, could be VP, could be next step to the presidency. I will remind you, he also suggested that Ron DeSantis groomed high school girls with alcohol, which is about as, Mm. considering the right right now, that's about as vicious an insult as you can have. He's saying he's a pedophile. Sorry, the only thing worse on the right is that he also suggested that Ron DeSantis might be gay. Oh, Also, he steals elections, so he might have rigged the Iowa caucuses um, in advance, even before they had it, he was rigging it. Donald Trump, of course, won the Iowa caucuses, so I guess Ron DeSantis was bad at rigging elections. But that's all stuff that Donald Trump said about him, and yet still seems to be on the short list. What do you think, Sharon, do you buy it? Um, still on the list in both of their shoes. I. I do buy it because this is the Trump world. And as you said, people just pledge their support no matter what he says. I mean, remember what he said about Ted Cruz's wife and father, right? It just, it never stops. Nothing is sacred, nothing's off limits. And so, yeah, I think that this could be 
a possibility. And I think um, Ron DeSantis, who's been relatively quiet since he dipped out, um, will actually do it if asked. He would actually do yeah. it. Yeah, I, I look, if I were him, I would too. First of all, you know that he doesn't want to be in Florida. He tried to leave and now he has to yeah. go back. That's not that's not a good look. Uh, he doesn't want to wait, you know, four more years. If he becomes VP, then you know, maybe Donald Trump keels over someday while like, you know, truth socialing on the toilet and all of a sudden Ron DeSantis is president. Um, of course, if he doesn't, then I don't, maybe he has a mob kill Ron DeSantis. I don't know. It's a risky proposition, but I agree. I think he would take it. That said, I don't think that Donald Trump is gonna pick Ron DeSantis. Mm -hmm. I think that he would pick almost any of the other names on that list. Hell, maybe Tim Scott. He sure seems to be hot for Tim Scott recently. So things are looking up for him. He is paying every day in terms of emasculation though. Okay, with that said, we need to totally turn the page and move on to other news. Still horrible people, but you'll see what we're talking about. Kyle Rittenhouse is attempting to rewrite history, his own history, his own legal history, or at least along the way, try to get his name back in the news. I'll let you decide as we roll into this story. Basically, you, as you know, at the Kansas City Chiefs victory parade, there was a tragic shooting in which one person lost their life and a couple dozen were injured. The part about it that bothers Kyle Rittenhouse though, isn't that, it's this. I am trying to comprehend why the government was quick to reveal my name after I defended myself, but they still haven't released the names of the Kansas City shooters. So again, the fact that there is yet more gun violence, who cares about that? Nobody's stopping for that. It's why don't I get to know their names? And yet they released my name. I wanted to be anonymous. I didn't want to become a national figure off this. Well, he had a weird way of showing that back at the beginning of his entry into the political stage. Because as was pointed out on Twitter by Ron Filipkowski, he did an interview with the Daily Caller, like immediately. He did an interview with Tucker Carlson. He was everywhere on the internet, desperately trying to make a name for himself. Now, there was some financial pragmatism there. He was trying to raise a ton of money. But he also saw, as so many people on the right who needlessly kill people do, hey, maybe I could become a congressperson off of this. You don't need qualifications. You don't need any of that stuff. You kill some people. And if they're the right sort of people that you killed, maybe you get a position in the right going forward. Now. He said in his book, I went to Kenosha to help my community not become a whipping boy in the national debate. In less than three minutes, the direction of my life was horribly altered when I was forced to defend myself with deadly force. So much was said and written about me that was not true. Okay, um, I don't want to relitigate the entire yeah. thing. There was no reason for him to be within hundreds of miles of there. Nobody needed to be hurt. He wasn't actually at risk of dying. Those people needlessly died. But in terms of his life being altered, he decided to make this the defining thing of his life. He's the guy who continues to double down. He doesn't need to be on social media. He could be like trying to finish high school or whatever the hell he's doing with his life that nobody cares about. This dude is desperate to be a national figure. And along the way, the fact that people actually died in the Kansas City shooting is so irrelevant to him. So we have the actual information. We'll get to it in a sec, but Sharon, what do you think? I don't understand why this guy won't go away. What he did was be a thirsty killer that night. He was thirsty. He asked the police for water. Remember, they gave him water. A yep. thirsty. Killer, and he's still thirsty. He was thirsty when he sat down with Tucker Carlson. 
He was thirsty when he released a book, I believe. I don't even know how many copies he sold. I don't know why he has to insert, Oh, I do know why. He has to insert himself into this tragedy. Lisa Lopez Galvin, does he know that name? Okay, mm-hmm. he's gone. A beloved yep. DJ, a sister, she's gone. And he needs to go away too. 100%. Yeah, uh, but by the way, so people might be wondering, why are you talking about it? Well, I am desperately hoping that he will become a cautionary tale to other potential thirsty killers out there. People like him, people like George Zimmerman, does it seem like their lives have been improved long term by the Mm -hmm. violence they decided to engage in? They lead horrific, needy, cringy lives trying to stay in the in the in the public forum trying to have people talk about them trying to just be given money for the fact that they killed someone one time that is no life and look i know what you might be thinking you look at like a Kyle Rittenhouse and you think he was never going to make anything of himself and i i that's a good argument i i grant you that but this is not better than him just you know trying to make his way through life anyway i'm done with him i'm setting him aside Two men have been charged in the murder. You you referenced the actual murder there. Um, the defense defendants were named. So Kyle right now is a good day for you. They were named Dominic Miller of Kansas City, Lindell Mays of Raytown. They each faced charges of second degree murder, armed criminal action, and unlawful use of a weapon. There had previously been reports of they considered that it were minors that might have done it. That was why the names weren't initially released, both because you're not supposed to release the names of minors, but also because there was uncertainty to exactly who had done it. So again, a stupid question being asked by Kyle Rittenhouse rather than just Googling why the names aren't publicly available. But of course, why answer the question when you can instead imply that a conspiracy theory is the answer for it? And there is a reason for that. In the wake of a shooting like this, if they do not immediately consume all of the oxygen with conspiracy theories and trans shooter theories and all that, then people might stop and think and spend a little time thinking about the fact that we've once again had an event that should have been celebratory, a time of joy. That was instead another mass shooting, another American mass shooting. And that is what they do not want people to actually stop and think about. Sharon, any final thoughts? Guns don't kill people, people kill people. I mean, anything but the truth goes. Yeah. Let's just keep talking about all these fringe things instead of there's too many guns in America that a couple of, okay, we'll see what happens at trial. A couple of fools decide they want to get in a gun battle as the Kansas City Chief fans are trying to enjoy a celebration, the victory. Yeah. No guns and who knows? Yeah, 100%. As is so many times the case. Remember when there was like four instances in one week of people just being shot because they like knocked on a car window or drove mm-hmm. into the wrong driveway? Mm-hmm. Every single one of those instances, no rational person with two functioning neurons thinks that yeah. in the absence of guns, Well, people would have just beaten the life out of each other with their bare hands. Nobody actually thinks that. It was the gun that made it a fatal incident. We're gonna end this segment on that note. When we come back, Carrie Lake being asked some tough questions. Stick around, we've got that after this. Okay, one and all, what's that? I was sorry, I was kind of talking to myself. I feel like Elon Musk could help rescue Trump. I don't know, it just popped into my head. Well, uh, by the way, I think someone who tracks his jet says that it took off from Palm Springs, mm-hmm. just like a couple of days ago. I, I don't know, that doesn't mean for sure that he was meeting with Trump, 
Well. But it doesn't mean that he wasn't meeting with Trump. So we'll see, we'll see. Anyway, we'll see about something else first, which is this. We don't have any McCain Republicans in here, do we? So that is Carrie Lake back in 2022, notably slamming the McCain Republicans. She's not a big fan. John McCain, who is kind of a big deal in Arizona, where she, of course, at that point was running. She would eventually go on to lose in her gubernatorial run. She claims the election was stolen. The voters just rejected her. But now she's running for Senate, and she apparently has realized that it would be a lot easier to get elected. If everybody in the state that's a Republican doesn't think that I hate John McCain. So now she is claiming that was just a joke. I was joking back then, it wasn't serious at all. It was said in jest. And I think that if John McCain, who had a great sense of humor, would have heard it, he would have laughed. Like said of all Republicans, we need to get a little bit thicker skin because we're going through some tough stuff right now and we need to be able to take a joke. Okay, but it wasn't a joke. Like you can't just claim two years later something you said that now is like, oops, that kind of hurts you is a joke. That's not actually how it works. And I don't think that you should speak for John McCain. Arguably, I shouldn't either. But I think that if John McCain was alive, I think that he would have a strong reaction to the state of the Republican Party, a strong reaction to the fact that someone like Carrie Lake is a notable Republican in Arizona. I'm not sure the result would be laughing. But I can't say for sure, he unfortunately is dead. In the meantime, Meghan McCain very much not laughing over Carrie Lake's attempt to rewrite history. She said, Carrie Lake is trying to walk back her continued attacks on my dad and family and all of his loyal supporters after telling them to get the hell out. Guess she realized she can't become a senator without us. No peace, bitch. We'll see you for what you are and are repulsed by it. I. I'm not a fan of Meghan McCain, but uh, I don't hate it, Sharon. No, I don't <laughs> like either. Is, that's my favorite tweet that Meghan McCain has ever sent. So I think what I do you like think? It. I'm going to find it and like it as, as well. Um, listen, she's spot on here. Carrie Lake, I've never seen someone moonwalk better than Michael Jackson today. <laughs> I have, okay? And there's just, again, no shame. There's just no shame. She actually said that. And by the way, John McCain, May he rest in peace. Didn't laugh a ton publicly anyway. I do think we can say that because we have enough examples of it. He'd earned the right to be a little bit grumpy and full of resolve. So I do think we can say that she's lying about that too. He would not be laughing at her. Yeah, no. Um, if there was laughter, it wouldn't be over the joke. Yeah. It would be over the entire state of the party. I mean, I look. Look, let's be very clear about what I'm saying here, what I'm not saying here. The John McCain Republican Party was garbage. It was racist, homophobic, misogynistic trash. It was even back then a smokescreen of culture war issues designed to provide the electoral basis for passing tax cuts for the wealthy and business deregulation. That's all it was. But it's that and worse now. It's even worse and more ridiculous and less qualified and more aggressively racist, out in front racist. And so I don't think that he'd be a big fan of the Republican Party. Um, I'll let Meghan McCain speak for John McCain. She certainly does speak a lot about him historically, but at least in this case, she is in the right. No peace, bitch. And by the way, just a reminder, Carrie Lake lost her race. 
to Katie Hobbs by only 17,000 votes. Which means it is not impossible that she could actually win this thing. This complex race could end up being a three party race. We don't know the contours of it yet. But that is one of the, the things like one of the biggest stakes, I think, in 2024 is Carrie Lake being literally a senator, voting on judges and stuff like that. Anyway, um, we do have more from the interview on Carrie Lake, but I think that we're going to set that aside for tomorrow. Uh, we'll return to that. Francesca is going to be on the show and we'll talk about what she's had to say about election elections being stolen, all that. For now, I actually want to move ahead to Rudy Giuliani and give people a little bit of an update about what's going on with him. Rudy Giuliani is broke, we all know that, but how broke is he? He is apparently so broke that he is legally barred from using his own money to appeal the judgments against him. Which I have never ever heard happening before Rudy Giuliani making history. So basically what's going on right now is he asked a bankruptcy judge for approval to appeal the $148 million defamation verdict against him that was already won by two former Georgia election workers that he lied about in a conspiratorial and racist fashion. Okay, so they said he could do that. The judge said you can appeal it, but you can't spend your own money to do it. Someone else is gonna have to back you. And why is that? It seems weird, I've literally never heard it before. So the bankruptcy judge, Sean Lane, issued the ruling that his financial situation is so utterly precarious that the fees required to appeal it can't come from Giuliani's assets because the dude owes it to way too many people. And you can't just let him spend the next two to five years appealing and appealing this and wasting millions of dollars that he doesn't have when that money is owed to Shea Moss and Ruby Freeman. And maybe some more people soon. Bear in mind, there's still legal jeopardy for Rudy Giuliani. So they listed some of his creditors, the people that he owes. That includes Hunter Biden or who he might potentially owe in some of these cases. Hunter Biden sued Giuliani for violating his privacy over data allegedly taken from his laptop. Uh, former employee Noelle Dunphy, who has accused Giuliani of sexual assault and wage theft, and the voting machine company's Dominion Smartmatic, who sued Giuliani for defamation. Giuliani has denied all of those allegations for whatever that's worth. And I will just remind you, we can't relitigate the entire thing, but the claims that Noelle Dunphy has made against him are eye-popping. And when that trial finally happens, dear God, buckle up for what they're gonna reveal. He could end up owing a lot of money. Now that said, he did get the backing that he needs. He filed some additional disclosures and apparently Elizabeth Ailes, the widow of former Fox News CEO Roger Ailes are among the donors that are backing him. So he will be able to go forward with the appeal, but it won't be his money because the dude ain't got no money. Certainly not after he pays everybody what they're owed. Sharon, what do you think? I mean, I'm not a judge, I'm not legally trained in any way, but this made perfect sense to me when I read it because if your money's gonna be blown to pieces, what's left of it, why would you give it to the people who took you down, even though they're the rightful owners of it? You would just blow it, blow it on these appeals or whatever else, hair dye. And so that's what the judge is saying. You're not gonna touch this pot because the pot doesn't really belong to you. We can make a reasonable inference there. This whole Ailes widow thing threw me a little bit for a loop. And I don't wanna say where my mind went on that thinking, well, well, I won't even go there because there's no reporting on it. But I just do wonder about relationships and where they stand and how the most people who have just been deemed trash, stamped trash behavior still have supporters. 
Rudy got someone to pay for his appeals? Come on. Maybe she's just a big fan of his performance in Borat too. I don't know. <laughs> like it was a funny movie and he had a really important part. Award winning. But anyway, as of right now, his bankruptcy filing placed his debt between 100 and 500 million dollars. His assets, 10.6 million, which is not nearly as much as he needs, but far more than he deserves. I'll put it that way. And bear in mind, when I said that I've never heard of this happening before, it's not like nothing like this ever happens. After all, reminder, Donald Trump, who owes like a half billion dollars to E. Jean Carroll and from the civil fraud lawsuit, he is allowed to appeal it, but the money is still gonna have to be set aside. He can't appeal and then use that money. So they have a version of it. Donald Trump just apparently has more liquid assets available than Rudy Giuliani, which nobody is surprised by. Anyway, that is unfortunately all the time we have for the first hour of the show. So thank you everybody who has been listening on the podcast. Those of you watching live, stick around, more to come in the aftermath. But if you are listening to the podcast, first of all, Thank you, love the podcast listeners. But I will remind you, there is more content that goes out literally every day on the channel. And that is available at youtube.com slash the damage board. Definitely go check it out. You can subscribe and get videos on demand on a daily basis. Also, if you wouldn't mind rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, that would be delightful. For the rest of you, I will see you in just a few.